road to hear, bringing hope and cheer. It's the lovely name of Jesus, evermore the same. What a lovely name. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus, reaching higher far than the brightest star, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name. Through his name there's wondrous power, power to redeem, making sinners clean. By his power, he cleansed the leper, opened blinded eyes, caused the dead to rise, he'll return in clouds of glory, saints of every race shall behold his face with him enter heaven city ever to acclaim what a lovely name what a name the name of jesus reaching higher far than the brightest star sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven let the world proclaim what a lovely name oh sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven let the world proclaim oh what a lovely name amen amen thank you sister sarah we that's one of her, my favorites, because it's how true it is. Uh, I should have went ahead and uh, introduced and, and uh, other vesters, uh, Rita Hall and Nellie Elroyd. Uh, we thank the world of them also. And of course, Sister Wanda, we... Brother Doug's wife, and then Hal, good to have you with us. He's uh, 
brother-in-law, Brother Todd. We, uh, they visit with us occasionally, but it's been a good while. But it's, it's good to have him uh, with us also. Well, we ain't going to talk uh, much. We got to get to hear some preaching. I don't know how long it's been. Brother How, uh, Harold Brunson was holding a meeting uh, for us at Southside. And sometime during the week, he said, I got a preacher friend uh, that's come to this area. I'm going to go over and visit with him at Big Oak this afternoon for a little while. So that'd be great. And he did. And when he got back, he said, Brother Bobby, I want you to go over and, and meet Brother Doug Wilson. He said, I believe y'all would uh, hit it off pretty good. And how right he was. Uh, I, I managed to get over there, and, and I ain't going ain't, I've lost count how many times we've been uh, together in conferences uh, that we've been in, and and uh, other conferences we went to here, and just uh, uh, had a, we've had a great time. That's besides all the cooking of fish that we've done. Uh, and even go to Tyler, Texas, and carry all the equipment. And uh, one, one year, we just put the necessities on the back of the truck. <laughs> Looked like a, uh, some of the hillbillies may be moving. But anyhow, we uh, managed. But God blessed him with a trailer. And... Got it set up real good, and uh, so we would carry it and cook fish for those people during the conference at Brother Dan Cozart's uh, church where he's pastoring in. And so we, we hit it off a bunch of the Texas people. Of course, Brother Doug and Wanda lived out there a long time, even though they are natives of, of Fulton area here, but we... Uh, uh, they, so they're moving back to Texas in Jacksonville. So if you ever passing through there, I, uh, look them up. And they uh, just, what is it, about 40 miles south of Tyler, something like that. And uh, so not hard to find. And just right off of Interstate 20 going about 100 miles to Dallas, so you're still in the eastern side of Texas. So he's really been a blessing to me. And gonna miss him, miss the fellowship. And, and we got off fishing a few times, but I have let my flare operation hinder my, our fishing uh, some, but we have uh, had a good time off fishing too. And, of course, cooking them and sharing them with people has really been a blessing. So I asked him a few weeks ago, I said, Brother Doug, if you could work in a time to come and preach for us, we would like for you to do that. And he did. So we, we are very appreciative of this. 
So you be praying for him as he comes now to uh, bring us a, a message from the Word of God. Brother Doug, you, you come right on. I thank Brother Bobby for the invitation. I thank you, uh, Union Grove, for being so hospitable to uh, me and Wanda that uh, we could, and I thank Southside Baptist Church for adjusting service times today that we could come and be here with you. 23 years, Brother Bobby. The year was 2001. Time has come and gone. Uh, we felt it was time for us to move back close to our son and his family. God opened a door for us to do that. And uh, I do appreciate your prayers this next week. We still have a lot of boxes to pack. We've got a lot packed. We didn't realize we had so much, even as we had downsized. But you accumulate. I don't want to give this one up, and I don't want to do that. But anyway, <clears throat> as I thought about today, I thought about uh, this message. I preached it through the book of Second Peter a number of years ago, and this message popped into my mind, and so I did some more studying, and I've added to it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 11 through 18. <clears throat> I've titled this message, What Lies Ahead? It's a question. I've got an answer. A glorious future awaits the Christian. And I think Peter describes that very aptly in these verses. <clears throat> Beginning in verse number 10, uh, I want to give you a little bit of introduction. Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's his second coming. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation or lifestyle and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now watch. Nevertheless, in spite of all of what he's just said, we, that is believers, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved 
Paul, also according to wisdom giving unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which were some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. What lies in your future? Do you have any plans for the future? What's going to happen next? These are questions that are often asked, but they are asked with anticipation of the physical. Like, what, what am I going to eat in the, for my lunch today? Right? Are there going to be enough for all of us to have our share? Those are things that we ask regarding the physical. However, this deals with something far greater. It deals with the spiritual. And I think that Peter, as he is led by the Holy Spirit to pen these words, he's telling us to be prepared for that glorious future. There are some things, I think, that are recorded here that help us as we plan for that glorious future. And uh, if we look at that, we can understand a little bit better why it's called a glorious future. The first thing that I want to point out to you is the duty of preparation. I believe Christians should look for a city that has a foundation. Over in the book of Revelation, it talks about that new Jerusalem coming down, remember? And it has foundations laid on the 12 apostles. And it describes this as being a sure foundation, not some figment of somebody's imagination. And we, we look around us today and we see foundations crumbling all around us, don't we? It doesn't take an earthquake to destroy a foundation. Time does that. We journeyed to uh, Red Bay the other day and on Highway 25, on the right, there's a barn. Inside that barn, there's a big roll of hay. And I told my wife, it looks like the hay's keeping the barn up. It was, I mean, it's about to fall over. That foundation is withered. And uh, we know that nature is going to take its course. And the Bible's very clear about what we as Christians ought to be doing. We ought to be laying up for ourselves treasures on earth. No, treasures in heaven. Where the moths don't eat away. Any of you ever had a piece of clothing that's been eaten up by moths? I have. It's kind of embarrassing when you go and, you know, get your suit out and get ready for Sunday morning. You look down and all the leg is eaten up with moths. You got to find another suit. That happened. It was made out of 100% wool, and those little moths love to eat that. 
But we got a place that is not going to be eaten by moths. We have a place where thieves won't break in and steal. We have a place that rust will not corrupt. That place is called heaven. And the scripture encourages us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And we must not be thinking about this world where it is constantly changing, but the world that changes not. A foundation that is sure and steadfast. The prizes of this world will fade away, but not heaven. It will last forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm glad God has prepared for us a city that has a sure foundation. That's what Abraham looked for. We ought to be looking for it as well. Not only should we be looking for that city that hath true foundation, we ought to live in expectation of Christ's soon return. That's what Peter's writing about here, isn't he? He says, you see all of these things happening around you. He even talked about the, the day of the Lord coming as a thief in the night. But he said, we, we know that this is planned by God. Not anything the world can do to stop it. We have to live in expectation that one day the Lord is going to return. He promised that He would return, did He not? I go away, and if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That judgment is going to come quick. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but He is coming. We must be ready for that. You see, I believe that there's coming that day when the Lord will send him to get his elect. And when the bride has made herself ready, that day's going to take place. And that day will come. And it, it tells us that even God's long-suffering waits as it did in the day of Noah, but it's going to come one day. And it's a blessed truth. He's waiting for us in His tender mercy. He's long-suffering to us, but not willing that any of His should perish, but all of His would come to repentance. And we should expect and live in that expectation that He is coming again. And sometimes we get so caught up in the world's operations that we forget that there's a great day coming. Um, back to my back as a cemetery. In that cemetery, some of my loved ones are buried. One of these days, a great getting up morning is going to take place. Some of your loved ones are in that cemetery. The grave can't hold them. We can't hold them back. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he goes on to say, and wherefore comfort one another with these words. That's a wonderful expectation, isn't it? We're going to go and be with Christ 
forever and ever. And, and this scripture says something in that expectation. We're going to live on earth with all righteousness. That's what it says. And a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. I can't imagine that, but it's going to happen. I'm expecting it. And he, he describes that there's going to be a visible terror of God when that day happens. It talks about the elements melting. I don't know exactly how all that's going to take place. God has it all worked out. I don't need to add to His plan. His plan is a perfect plan, and He's going to do it according to His will, and it will be perfect. He talks about the heavens being dissolved. And I don't know how all of that's going to happen, but I know this, that we are to watch and pray in expectation of His coming. When we begin to see all of these things happening, we should not fear. We should know that it's about to end. Why? Because we have a new home awaiting us. You know, uh, John wrote these words as he's on the Isle of Patmos. He says, uh, these are the words of Christ. He says, Behold, I make all things new. Long before Christ ever came and lived on this earth, the prophet Isaiah, that's about 700 years or so before Jesus came to the earth. This is what Isaiah recorded. A people desolate, homeless, will be provided a place. That's what he promised. A new heaven and a new earth. This is what he said. The new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord. Promise long before. We have an inheritance. Now I personally believe now, we're not here to debate what you believe about the end. I think heaven's going to be here on earth. Forever and ever. Why? Why? Because God's going to dwell there. And wherever God is, that's where heaven is going to be. It's going to be a place of joy, love, holiness, divine beauty beyond our comprehension. And the Bible says, into that city enters nothing that defiles. Peter describes it, a place where, where righteousness dwells. This earth is going to be changed one day it's going to become new this earth right now is devastated by sin and all of its effects but the refining fires of judgment will bring about an everlasting change remember back in the old testament god saw that the wickedness of man was continual he said i'll destroy man from the face of the earth and he prepared a way of escape, didn't he? It was an ark. Noah built it. The Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9 describe that great deluge. And you know, if you understand, God said in the aftermath of that flood that he would never destroy the earth again by water. And every time I see a rainbow, I'm reminded of God's promise. We'll never see the earth destroyed 
completely by water. It was universal. But one day, fire is going to come and it's going to purge this earth. It's going to cleanse it. And there we will be in the presence of the Lord. The people in that holy city will abide in the presence of Him forever and ever and ever. We don't even need the sun to shine on us because the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, is the light thereof. Hallelujah. But then we are reminded that we need earnest diligence. Notice what He tells us in verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Remember, we're looking for what? The coming of the Lord, the judgment of the earth, and the cleansing and the establishment of righteousness forever. He says, seeing therefore that you look, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, do what? Be diligent that you may be found of Him. Diligence is due earnestness in doing everything we can for the sake of the Lord. We know what lies ahead. We have to be diligent in those things. We are not to be idle. We are to be busy in proclaiming God's Word. We have a blessed hope set before us. We ought to be aroused to love and zealousness. It should not take us by surprise. When the Lord comes, should it? I don't think so. It may take, and it will take the unbeliever by surprise, but for us, that's our hope, is it not? That's our anticipation. We're diligent. We're following Him. We have the light of the gospel shining before us. We're not in darkness anymore. We are in His presence by the aid of the Holy Spirit, we have peace with God right now. We don't have to wait till that day when He returns to have peace. We are abiding in Christ. Jesus made that very clear. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. And we know that we have been given a sacred trust to live, but we also are given a promise that God will be with us as we Strive diligently to follow Him. And then he uh, adds something to that by telling us about Paul and his writings to encourage us to grow in grace. Uh, I, I think it's clear, as, as Peter reflected, and, and no doubt uh, this uh, letter was written after many of the letters of the Apostle Paul had been written and, and had been read. Uh, he, he even includes Paul here and he says, our dear brother. Now, isn't that interesting that, you know, if you read it uh, in the book of Acts, there was some contention between Paul and Peter. You know, Peter still wanted to hang on to some of those things of the law, remember? And they worked through all of that. God, by the Holy Spirit, helped them to realize that, you know, there were more important matters. And here, uh, Paul is, is trying to tell us something important through the pen 
of the Apostle Peter. The same truths taught by the Apostle Paul are reiterated by Peter. He's not adding some new doctrine here. It's the same doctrine. The must of all people is that we must be prepared for the day of the Lord. That is the must for all of us. If we're not prepared for the day of the Lord, we will perish. The Apostle Paul preached that justification is by faith alone. Peter preached justification is by faith alone. They were teaching what Christ had already taught. Nothing new. And they both said these words, faith works itself out by love. It is the Spirit that gives life. If you rely on the law to save you, you're going to perish. Paul said that. Peter says the same thing. It's the Spirit that gives life. Now, I don't know how educated Peter was. I know he was a fisherman by trade. I know that he perhaps didn't have all of the theological training that the Apostle Paul had. I know that to be so. But they were both men saved by the grace of God with the same calling to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, unlike those of us today, Peter did not have the entire Word of God. Neither did Paul. Paul had the Old Testament, basically. And now we have the letters of Peter, the letters of Paul, and the completed Bible for us to be guided in the paths of truth. We may not know everything that's in the Bible, and I would dare say that there's not one person in this building that can say, I know everything there is to know in the Word of God. It's a continual thing, isn't it? There, there are new truths that I have discovered all along uh, these 52 plus years of preaching. Increased in knowledge, we should have it. But we don't gloat in it. We don't say, well, I've got all the answers. No, but we rather we strive to just be more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in expectation of that, what does Peter tell us? What can be the most encouraging thing that we can learn from this passage of Scripture? Watch what he says. Ye therefore... Beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of your of the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfast. We have to have a watchfulness, don't we? That diligence that we have always causes us to be aware of that man that may be used of the devil to lead us in a different direction. Sometimes I have known of churches that have lost a pastor and they've called another pastor that suddenly they went in a different direction, away from God. We have to be aware of that. We have to be watchful, steadfast. People can become disobedient to the things of the Lord. 
of the Lord. We have to be on guard. Why? Because Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There are a lot of uncertainties, but I tell you this, God has promised us that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We can depend on him. He is there. He said this, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Even when we face some of the most difficult trials and we think no one cares, remember, he still cares. He is the balm of Gilead. He is the one who will lead us through the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil for he's with us. His rod and his staff are there to lead us and protect us. And grace is that gift of God that enables us when we feel that the world has turned against us and it's dark and we cannot see any light whatsoever. Grace comes and just shines and it breaks that darkness and removes it so that we can draw ever nearer to Christ. You see, it is His light and it is His promise that keeps us going while we await that glorious future. Knowing that He's able to save unto the uttermost them who come to Him by faith. We never stop extending to people to come to faith to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If we do that, then we have stopped what God has called us to do. And God will not be pleased with that. He encourages us to call men to repent of their sins and come and follow the Lord. Now, let me just quickly, in summation, give you four lessons that we can learn out of this passage of Scripture. Number one, <clears throat> the fashion of this world passes away. What country are we seeking? Is it this country which we call the dying world or is it the eternal city? That's what he's talking about here. The second lesson we need to learn is that the great day is at hand. That's what he said. And that's been... How long ago? Over 2,000 years ago. He's just saying, it's coming as a thief in the night. We must be prepared so that we can say, Thy kingdom come. We can if we know the Lord. We can also understand the new earth will have total righteousness. And we should follow after righteousness, be diligent that we may be found in peace, blameless in His sight. And then the last thing that I would encourage us, and I think this is the encouragement of Peter to these readers, is that we study the Scriptures in faith and prayer so that we may grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> do we have a glorious future? I say we do. And I say it's because of Jesus Christ who shed His blood that we might have life everlasting that we are enabled to, to joy in that promise of that glorious future. 
May we pray. Father, we bow and thank you that you've promised us something better. We do have a glorious future. We know that your coming is at hand. Let us be diligent. Let us be watchful. Let us be prayerful. Let us grow in the grace and knowledge of you that we can present to the world a testimony of living faith. Continue to be with this church. It's under shepherd. Give health and strength. Be with those that are sick among them. Continue to be with us as we make this transition uh, into a new uh, way of living. Uh, as we go back to Texas, give us safety in the journey. Bless Southside as they seek a pastor. Guide us in all of our undertakings. Thank you for salvation that we have in your son's name. I pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Doug. Amen and amen. Appreciate that. That's very encouraging. I, I don't, still don't want to break her spirit. Sister Rada, she lost her husband. Uh, the funeral was Monday. Uh, that's encouraging. It, I'd, uh, you remember the prayer list where we had uh, Danny's name on it for months and months. And when I come to it yesterday, trying to revive it, and uh, I, I left his name, but I did let people know that he's passed, and and I put, pray for the family, and that's what we must do. Well, we all, it's none of us, hadn't got loved ones. Uh, that's going to be with the Lord. And uh, I told some of them, I, I probably got as many over there as, as I still got here. Uh, but uh, be a great reunion day someday. What God has uh, prepared and, and changed and worked. Uh, may we always know that the God of heaven shall always do right, whether we understand all the things or not. But uh, he's a great God. Say again, Brother Doug, I appreciate you making arrangements to be with us. And I wished we had, well, you will see the ones over there It's working. Uh, that, that's kind of hard to have a meal like this uh, and have them in the building too, unless we wait to two or three o'clock in the afternoon to eat. But um, I, I'm thankful they could listen. Probably some of them had their phones out where they could watch. And we uh, are thankful for that. And all of these that we got sick and disabled, we just uh, really, really miss those. But let us. Uh, Keep uh, praying for one another.
and trust uh, God's blessings be upon each. Well, let's stand together for the closing prayer. Brother Hal, would you uh, lead us? Amen. Amen. Thanks again, brother. Thanks again. Amen. Amen. Invitation to come.